This is the Moms in Motion podcast, where we are running our businesses, running our households, and trying not to run ourselves into the ground while juggling it all. We have figured it out the hard way so you don't have to. We are here to help you build your village, improve your connection with your mom bod, and possibly even navigate business ownership better. If you are looking for all things pregnancy, postpartum, and mom life that's honest and not too serious, this is the podcast for you. We are Krista Williams and Dr. Jen Perna, and we are Moms in Motion. Welcome back to another episode of the Moms in Motion podcast. I'm Krista. Hi, Jen. Hello. How are you? Really good. So today... Excited about this topic. Yes. So today we are talking about eight everyday things that you might be doing to wreak havoc to your pelvic floor. So this is going to be good. No, this is good. I mean, this is something everybody needs to hear because there's a lot of like light bulb things in here, I think, Mm -hmm. that people have no idea. Like you really think about your pelvic floor being like exercise related, pregnancy related, and then we forget about it the rest of the time. Yeah. Right? And I think you only think about it if you're having a problem. Totally. So but let's make sure we don't. Yeah. End like, up like let's that make sure not. that like yeah. we can either like get you off that cliff if you're just hovering above having a problem or we keep you from having a problem in the first place. So the first one is glute clenching. And what do I mean by that? I mean that you are standing there and you are squeezing your butt cheeks together. Um, Another way that I will describe it is that you are keeping your anus closed (laughs) whenever, right? So like you could be sitting, you can be standing, you can be bending. But a lot of people squeeze their butt, especially postpartum moms, because they're trying to find stability in this now floppy pelvis that they just gave birth from, right? And so they end up squeezing their butt to try to find stability and a little bit of like tactile feedback of and like they where they are. they don't know they're doing it. They don't. It's totally subconscious. They don't know. Yeah. But like this tension just builds and builds and builds and doesn't let go. Yep. And that's just like, if that's what they're used to, like I see it a lot, you know, like at the top of a squat when mm-hmm. people stand there chatting with their friends at a workout. I'm like, yep. do you see what you're doing the while you're park standing posture, here? Right. The mom park posture where she's like squeezing her butt and like sticking her belly forward and holding her baby like yes. on her hips. Right. Because when you hold a baby, that like balancing of it on your chest causes you to like tuck Shove. and clench. Yeah. Yep. And I always joke that like I have a hard time going to soccer games because I stand there and just look around at how all of the moms are standing when they just are standing there and talking to each other. Like that's their default posture, right? They're not thinking about it. And I'm like, and you have pelvic pain and you have glute clenching and you're probably constipated, right? Like you just look around and point out who's having an issue, like whether they realize it's related or not. but. And so like, what does this do? Like, what does glute clenching, like, why is that such a problem? So when we clench our glutes, what happens from like a muscle perspective is that it shoves the femur, which is the ball in the ball and socket joint in your hip. It shoves it forward into the hip joint. And so what your body is going to do as a result of that is it's going to try to find stability. And so your hip flexors will actually kick on to try to stabilize that hip joint. And so a lot of times what we find is that patients that have a lot of glute clenching where they just shove their femur forward in their socket, they also feel the need to always stretch their hip flexor because they always feel tightness in the front of their hip because that hip flexor is not letting go because if it did, your femur would just be like right resting on your labrum, tearing your hip labrum. So we, you know, really have to educate about neutral posture to avoid 
avoid this excessive clenching. Also, when you're bending and like hinging forward, the hip hinge is so important to understand that like the back of your body has to lengthen in order to bend forward. And if it doesn't, then you're going to lengthen somewhere else, whether that be your hamstrings, whether that be your low back. But that's where we start giving rise to a lot of pelvic pain conditions and, you know, orthopedic pain conditions as a result. And like the the problem is not like once, right? We're talking about all of these things being so repetitive that it leads to like chronic issues. And, and, you know, it can be, it can be as much as like an injury because of, of the frequency and the time under tension that this has been going on. And it's so interesting to see when like people might tell me like, oh, I don't have any issues like with my, if, if like they're trying to come try a workout and we're just talking about like what problems you're having and like what you need help with. And I'm like, just come because when I see you move and what I also mean is how you stand, I will know a lot about you. Right. So people are like, yeah, I can do all of these exercises and I'm familiar with all of this stuff. And then we, we try to get them to hinge. Right. Mm -hmm. And you're like, Oh, Okay. Oh boy. Oh my gosh. Like nothing's lengthening. Yes. Nothing. There's no length. Yeah. And then, and without the length, There isn't a good contraction. Correct. Muscles have to lengthen in order to then get a contraction. And if you're holding them tight all the time, you're going to end up with a disappearing butt, right? This is something that happens with moms. (laughs) Right? Like a flat butt, that pancake butt feeling. Because you're constantly clenching all the time. time. And it's subconscious. So this is when it becomes an issue is like you don't even realize you're doing it. Like that's Mm -hmm. when we start getting a little bit nervous. And, you know, these things can also tighten the back of your pelvic floor. And when they tighten the back of your pelvic floor, it can lead to things like constipation or hemorrhoids. But it can also lead to things like urinary leakage because you only have so much length within your pelvic pelvic floor. And if you're contracting the back part of your pelvic floor, it lengthens the front of your pelvic floor. And so you're not going to get a good sphincteric contraction from the urethra. So you may actually end up leaking and having stress incontinence or urinary symptoms because you're glute clenching in the back. So there's a lot that goes into this. There are some people right now that are like, Oh my gosh, yeah. this is me. Like I, I'm sh- positive there are people that are listening to this that are like, wait, this all makes so much sense and my Orange Theory workouts are not addressing this yeah, issue. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. And like also, I want you to pay attention when you are brushing your teeth. I find that this is like the like aha moment for a lot of people because they go to like hinge to like brush their teeth under the water and they realize like, holy crap, I'm not hinging. I'm actually just squeezing my butt the whole time. Squeezing your butt, curling your low back. Yep. And so like that's (laughs) when if you're like, I don't really know if I'm squeezing my butt. It's like go brush your teeth and like bend over in the sink and see if you feel like you're holding back gas. Um, Because if you do, then you are squeezing. All right. Go brush your teeth. Go brush your teeth, people. (laughs) Okay. So the next one is it's actually really bad for your pelvic floor if you sit all day. So there's a lot of things that go into this, but if you sit either under a baby mm-hmm. because you're a brand new mom or you're at a desk all the time or in your car all the time, there's so many things that get tight. You might be clenching things you don't really, you're you're not aware of. You're, you're squeezing things you're not intending to squeeze. Mm-hmm. And then you're stuck in that posture. So all of these muscles need a full range of motion to be able to work well. And when you sit a lot and you're just not moving in general, you are not 
getting that full range of motion, it's even worse mm-hmm. than if you're, you know, standing and clenching is bad, but also being seated and not moving yep. is also bad. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, it's and it, just... It also restricts blood flow to the pelvic floor. Mm-hmm. So this is a big thing that we see with cyclists, actually, is that by you sitting on the saddle, right, and by you cycling all the time, you are restricting blood flow and compressing the nerves and muscles in your pelvic floor, and that can be leading to pelvic floor pain. So, But, like, this is pretty easy to, to work on. Like, maybe you get a standing desk, and maybe you get a walking pad. I, I love my walking pad right now. Or maybe you're just setting a timer to get up every once in a while right. go through a couple stretches just like move your body in different planes of motion for a minute or two and then sit down again and I will say that since not treating I am doing a lot more sitting at my desk than I ever have as a PT mm-hmm. and first of all I'm going a little crazy by doing that because I'm not used to it but I do have to take frequent breaks and I understand that it does disrupt your mental thoughts so then yeah. you know Make sure that's why I love. I mean, this is a little tangential, but I love being like an Apple girl because I can take my notes section of my computer and I can also have my notes section on my phone and I can be dictating into my phone while I'm walking around and then I can pull up my computer later and it's right there. So, I mean, just doing little things like that to try to, you know, make technology work for you too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the next one. So this is a this is a big one is high stress. And I mean high stress to the point that you always feel like you're running from an alligator. So <laughs> your heart rate is always going. It just like feels like mom life every day yeah, for some which, people, right? right? It depends for like sure. the season that you're in. For sure. Here's the thing. Your pelvic floor is under sympathetic and parasympathetic control. You are under voluntary and involuntary control. You have involuntary aspects of your pelvic floor, which is really good, right? Because otherwise you would have to always be consciously holding in your pee and poop. And we don't want to do that. We want our muscles to be able to do that without us thinking about that. The issue is when you are under high stress, that involuntary input is now on hyperdrive. And so you are clenching without even knowing it because those involuntary sympathetic drivers are creating tone within those muscles. And so there are studies after study after study of showing this, um, and there's actually, we can link it in the show notes, but there's a 2001 study that when I was studying um, and becoming a pelvic floor therapist, they they taught us and they kind of like, they, they outlined it for us. And I thought it was so interesting, but they showed the subjects of this study threatening images and they took EMG results of the pelvic floor muscles. And what they actually found was that while people were looking at threatening images, their pelvic floor was contracting. And it was totally involuntary. These people were not even aware that they were doing this. But it just goes to show you that if you are around high stress and you are in a high stress environment, that is doing a number to your pelvic floor. And so that doesn't mean that you can always avoid stress. If you have a high high job, if you're a busy mom, you know, there are things that we can't do to avoid that stress. But what we can do is we can have stress relieving measures in place. You can meditate, you can do yoga, you can spend five minutes a day stretching. You can do things to help to kind of reverse that 
that sympathetic drive that we get. It sounds like we should not be watching the news. Like oh it my, sounds I, like I you can... stopped giving up on the news right? years ago. No, I mean I don't I don't watch it either, but if that is true then there's nothing good on the news. No. So you're watching all these awful things that are bad for your public floor. And it's also like <laughs> this is where we can also get tangential, but like think about the people that you're surrounding yourself with. If you can't avoid your job and you can't avoid your kids, I mean for the most part. <laughs> like are there people in your life that are causing you stress? And that and can is be it family. actually affecting yes. your body? Yeah, there you go. Family. There's that all the reason friends, you need to be right? like, peace out for yes. 2024. But like, seriously, <laughs> you have to think about the things that you can control and the things that you can't control. And if the things that are causing you high stress, you cannot control because we can't all quit our job. We can't all quit motherhood, right? Like there are things that you have to think about making very smart decisions for yourself in the times that you can control. Makes sense. Yeah. So the next one is jaw clenching. And a lot of you probably don't know that your jaw and your pelvic floor are very closely related. I'm going to let you talk about this more. But if you tend to clench one, you tend to have tension in the other. Mm-hmm. So if you have, if you are aware that you are that problem that has like TMJ issues and you've always needed some sort of, you've been under like care by your dentist for this and yeah. teeth grinding. Yeah. yeah. L- yes. Yes. And like kids can be teeth grinders too. Mm-hmm. And then like, look what this turns into for young girls. And, yeah. Oh my gosh. So yeah. Yeah. I so like the, the muscles are oriented similarly. So the muscles of the throat um, are in a similar orientation to the muscles of the pelvic floor, right? And it makes sense. They're both kind of like holes, right? So like they both close at times. So they're in a similar orientation. So if we are keeping our jaw clenched, we're keeping the back of our throat closed, then that will in turn kind of go down the chain and your pelvic floor will also be contracted. And once again, this might be totally subconscious. It might be as simple as you need to wear like a night guard, right? Talking to your dentist about getting a night guard. But if you notice that you are a jaw clencher and you are also having pelvic floor issues that they might be related. Hmm. The next one is pushing your pee out. And this is always something that blows people's mind. But you should not ever have to force your pee out. It should be that when you go to the toilet, you have the urge to pee and the bladder muscle contracts and your pelvic floor muscles relax. And you don't really have to be an active participant until it's time to wipe. So, Except you have to sit. You have to sit. You cannot, you cannot hover over the toilet. Mm -hmm. And we can go into a whole podcast about squatting and hovering over the toilet, but you got to sit your damn ass on the seat, (laughs) lay some toilet paper if you need to, but you got to sit down and just relax and let your pelvic floor relax. Try not to force your pee out. And what that does is it puts a lot of downward pressure onto the pelvic floor. A toilet is open, right? So there's no like support surface now for your pelvic floor. So now you're pushing your pelvic floor down and then there's no force from like a chair that's counteracting that because it's a toilet, right? So this can create a lot of issues with prolapse and, you know, pressure down and heaviness and all of those things. So we really want to make sure that people are not pushing your pee out. And the people that are like, but my kids, they're rushing me. (laughs) 
Right? I, right? I, I don't always, have time to pee, so I, I went as fast as I possibly Which could. I know you do that. Like, LOL, because <laughs> it's like, it's the same theory as like speeding. Have you ever heard this saying where like, don't, if you go like another five miles an hour over the speed limit, like it doesn't save you much time going to right. the space, the place that you're actually headed to because like when you average it out, it's this, what are you saving? Right. Five <laughs> seconds. You don't have five seconds to just like relax. Right. So like, please don't use that as an excuse. Once again, what are we telling our kids if we are rush? if we can't even give ourselves 10 seconds to pee? Right. Like that's just crazy. So that totally makes sense. And then the same thing with the next one is holding in your poop mm-hmm. because moms are like, I don't have time for this right now. Time, so I'm not, I'm not home. I'm busy and I'm going to hold it. So oh we God. talked about this in the constipation episode, which was episode number nine. 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 And but the the way that this works essentially is that when you're holding in your poop, you are sending a signal up to your brain that, hey, it's not time to poop. So continue in store mode. So your brain then continues to store more poop into the rectum. And so you start storing more, 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 more until it gets to the point that now you're desensitizing the walls, the inner walls of your colon and your colon now needs a large larger stool to evacuate because it needs that larger stool to get a signal that you actually have the urge to poop. So if you have the sensation to poop, now this is not the same for pee, this is for poop, um, but if you have the sensation to poop, please listen to your body. Don't hold it. Don't keep it in. Don't say, but my kids, like unless your kid is really (laughs) in a situation, right? Please take the time to go poop. That's, I mean, really helpful information here. Basic, basic and very helpful. Um, So the next one is holding your breath. And we're not saying that you're like walking around your house or like doing your everyday life holding your breath. But if if exercise is part of your everyday life and you are not understanding the connection between your breathing and your pelvic floor, Mm -hmm. your exercise might be making might be causing pelvic floor issues or taking the ones that you are like borderline having and making them worse. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Keep yeah. Talking about that one. And so holding in your breath, I mean, look, we can go into a whole another podcast on this, but we can have a whole episode on breath. I mean, this sure. is crazy, but um, holding in your breath, essentially what happens is when you're holding your breath, you're closing and tightening your pelvic floor. And that might be a good thing if you're doing heavy power lifting or anything like that. But in general, but you have to be trained to do that. You have to that. be trained to do that. We don't, that, we don't, that, we don't do just that. like guess. <laughs> that is like a skill that you have to learn. Um, but, you know, when you inhale, your pelvic floor is going to descend. Your pelvic floor is going to go into a relaxed state. Relax. When lengthen. You, lengthen. When that you word we exhale, when you exhale, your pelvic floor lifts. And if you are not breathing, you are not using the power of breath to coordinate with the pelvic floor. So you're missing a huge opportunity. If you are doing something like an explosive movement or lifting something heavy or something powerful, you need to understand the relationship so that it can support you better and you can execute what you want to do in your fitness Mm -hmm. better. Mm -hmm. So not saying that there's a right or wrong way to exercise, but if exercise is part of of your everyday, you should absolutely be trained on how your breathing is going to help you get more out of your exercise and avoid your pelvic floor issues. Yeah. And I think a lot of people don't even realize a lot of times that they're holding their breath. The amount totally. of patients they that don't. I talk to and they're like, 
oh yeah, I, I think I was holding my breath for like 30 seconds. I'm mm-hmm. like, oh my gosh, like take some deep breaths. My goodness, like this needs to be a conscious thing, clearly. Right. But we have to be more aware of are we letting our diaphragm lengthen and contract and relax so that our pelvic floor can tr- contract and relax. And like you can kind of test if you understand how to do that by like putting your hands on your ribs or like putting your hands around your ribs or or putting your hands around your ribs and a hand on your belly Mm -hmm. and just taking some deep breaths in and see what happens with your body. Like do your shoulders go up towards Mm -hmm. your ears or can you feel your ribs expanding out wide into that 360 breath? As you take a deep breath, is your belly like, is it even moving at all? Right. Is it sucking in or is it going out? Right. I, I mean, people just don't understand the relationship of the coordination And that's a huge part of exercise when you are protecting against your pelvic floor function. Yes, absolutely. And the last one that leads us to sucking your belly in. And I, once again, I feel like this is the theme is that we can do a whole podcast on each one of these. We can. (laughs) But sucking your belly in slash wearing a waist trainer slash wearing high compression legging, you know, high waisted compression leggings. What that does is your body has a tendency to breathe away from that object, right? So if you're wearing something that's super high-waisted, that's super tight, when you take an inhale, what should happen is your belly should expand. Your belly should go out. And what happens when you're wearing these devices, we'll say, is that your belly draws in. And so we're creating this sort of what we call paradoxical breathing or backwards breathing pattern, which then creates a lot of tension in your pelvic floor. And once again, we need length in the muscles in order to have strength in the muscles. And if they're always drawing in and in and in, you are not going to have strength within those muscles. Totally. And and I think this concept makes sense. But if you have been sucking your belly in like since you were a teenager Mm -hmm. this is a very hard pattern to change like letting it all go and letting your breath do what it's supposed to do is very difficult for people like the first breath doesn't get you where you need to be sometimes the 10th breath doesn't get you where you need to be it takes a long time to like train your brain Mm -hmm. and your body to actually relax on that inhale yeah and people are like, I'm so confused. Why can't I do this? Because you've literally never learned it or never been told that you should. And up until now, you've been trying to do the opposite. Yeah. You've been trying to like make your belly look flatter, especially as we go through pregnancy and postpartum, right? Yeah. Like there's a there's a time period in pregnancy where you're like holding it and holding it and holding in because you haven't told people. Right. And then when you tell people, you just let it go and right. it feels so good. But right. like, oh, yes. What that does to your body in the meantime. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, sucking your belly in, a lot of people think, but if I breathe in, well, then my belly's going to hang out and I'm going to look pregnant again. And it's like, well, but we have to put tone in that muscle. Like the more that we practice yeah. this, the more that the muscle is going to bulk up and you're not going to have that feeling anymore. But, but yes, that does happen. But that does happen. <laughs> like, and you did is, have a baby. Yes, it's okay. Like it, and, but it's one of those things that I actually had a patient that she, oh, love her dearly, but I'm working with her and gosh, this must've been her 10th episode. 10th episode oh my god listen to me this must have been her 10th visit and I'm like she is just not getting this whole breathing thing and like we gotta move on like I don't understand what like why this is such a hard concept and I'm like talking to her and I'm like can you just tell me more about like your history and like you know letting go of your belly like did you do you wear a lot of high-waisted pants and you know we're going into all of this and she's like oh well I wore a waist trainer for about seven years when I was growing up because I wanted to be like 
uh, one of the Kardashians. Oh, God. And I was like, what? And she's like, yeah, we wore it all the time. We slept in it. We, which you shouldn't even, I mean, you shouldn't wear them to begin with. But like, I... I was like, it's all making sense, right? The light bulb went off. This was such a hard concept for you because what those things do is you breathe away from them. You don't breathe into them. And so much damage to the like ability to help your body through your breath. So with all of this, like we have all of these things that you might be doing every day. I hope this also, this makes sense to you about why Kegels are not the best way to solve these problems, right? Like if you're understanding how all of this works Mm -hmm. in relation to the pelvic floor problems you might be having, are Kegels going to fix all of these things? They are not. No. Because a lot of it are problems with tension. mm -hmm. So if someone tells you based on your complaints about how you feel out of all of the things we just talked about, that if Kegels are the answer for you, I hope this episode has helped you understand why that is not going to get you the result that you need. Yeah, and why sometimes, and this goes to an episode we talk about um, insurance, and why sometimes having only a couple of visits, we may not overturn all of these habits that you're having. And there are still plenty that we did not even dive into. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it's there. It's complicated. It's a complicated area of our body. So just to review the eight everyday things that you might be doing to wreak havoc on your pelvic floor. Glute clenching, sitting all day, high stress, jaw clenching, pushing your pee out, holding in your poop, holding your breath, and sucking your belly in. I think that was really helpful. I hope you guys got a lot out of this. Thank you for joining us. And this was another episode of the Moms in Motion podcast. Bye.